Welcome to the Slumber Party Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Hannah. And welcome to the beach, y'all. It's spring break. Outer Banks. Almost. Paradise on Earth. (laughs) Yeah, that's their slogan, which LOL. Um, Here we are. In a place of... We're in a place of sand. We're in a place of sun. We're in a place of jellyfish. Anyone that's ever been to the Outer Banks, listen. I like the Outer Banks. I'm going to be there next week. You are? Yeah, probably. Well, I'll go visit my aunt, I think, for spring break. Fun. But don't stalk me, y'all. But as if we have any. Stalk me now. Oh, you said don't stalk me. I think I said don't stalk me. (laughs) Yeah. No, don't Don't come find me. But, like, that range is in paradise. It's fun. It's not Hawaii. Yeah, we're watching. We said... We said in the Midnight Sillies that we were going to be tiptoeing into the waters of television. Because we have yet to review a television show Yeah, on this here pod. And you know, we thought, Outer Banks Season 3 just came out a week ago. So why don't we just watch Season 1 instead? And let me tell you what really inspired this on my end. So I work with a group of truly lovely young people, one of whom I know listens to the pod. Um, she's a delight. Um, and some of them are like still in high school. Some of them have graduated and are like in college and etc. Um, in the course of what the day that Outer Banks season three came out, every single one of them that I encountered that day was like. Are you excited that Outer Banks came out? I was like, I don't watch Outer Banks. They're like, what do you mean? I know. What do you mean? And in my brain, perhaps foolishly, I had just assumed this was a show that was very popular with, like, young girls, like, teenage and college-age yeah. girls. But no, no, no. No. It's a phenomenon. Yeah, well, I found this out um, on Friday, I was talking to my friend, and I said, oh, I, I have to watch Outer Banks, or I started Outer Banks, we're watching it for the pod, and she said, she has a brother who's 17, maybe he's 18 now, he's a, he's a senior in high school, and she said, oh, yeah, that's how he loves it, that's how we get him to watch anything with us, if Madeline Klein is in it, he'll watch it. That's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. They love her and her lips. <laughs> that's creepy. Her, her She's adorable. It's so funny. I had not and seen her in a damn thing because this is like the thing. And all the of a sudden, she's in everything. Thing. The big thing. What? Well, she now she's in everything. She's just in Glass Onion. Well, she was in but Stranger then I watched, Things for a minute. I didn't watch Stranger. I don't watch Stranger Things. I'm sorry. She's um, like an extra. But the um, I just watched the Glass Onion a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I liked it a lot. I haven't seen it yet, but I liked Knives Out. I'll watch it eventually. Oh, so good. I think I liked it even more than Knives Out. Really? Personally, Even without yeah. the, the sweater? Yeah. The story just really... Did it for you? No. It was really, it was really good. Janelle Monae was fantastic in it. She's so rad. But, um, Hannah... Do you have any just life updates you want to run by us? Because um, I did tell Hannah I hoped that this was a Midnight Sillies episode, but I was she incorrect. Wished. Um, 
No, I don't really have any updates, so you can go ahead and take your your 15 minutes of fame, except for don't go for 15 Not minutes. Not 15 minutes, but, that's yeah. I do just want to address several elephants in the sphere of Lizzie Hobbs. We have an elephant? Of Lizzie Hobbs. Um, today, we are recording this, is Sunday, March 5th, 2023, means it was the first official race day of the 2023 Formula One season. Um, I went I into know. it hopeful, and I left hopeless. I am a Ferrari fan. Um, this was not a great day for us, especially people who like Charles Leclerc. Um... His car did just fully stop working at the end of the race, and he couldn't finish. <gasps> Devastating. No. So, the the other Ferrari driver, Carlos Sainz, did do very well. I think he placed fourth. But I had been hoping for both Ferrari drivers to make it into the top three, and neither one did. So that was devastating. And that was, I woke up early this morning, I, like, went downstairs, I started watching the, like, pre-race coverage. Um, also, for those of you who follow us on Instagram, you'll have seen, I was having a, um, I had a bit of a shout-out moment to a new podcast that I love, that is called oh, yeah. Super Car Joyride, and I humbly asked them to please be pod friends with us. Um, with me specifically, because I know that Hannah doesn't particularly care about Formula One. Yeah, um, not unless it's an Lauren Asher book. Oh, oh my god. I, I have to ask them if they've read those books. Um, but they responded immediately. They were like, done. Pod friends. Um, yeah, so they are had, very nice. I read through your DMs to them. We had a nice little Instagram group message going today during the race. And then when when disaster struck, I was at Target shopping for spring clothes with Maggie. I didn't I couldn't watch the entire race because we went shopping today. And they were like, no, R.I.P. Charles. And I was like, what happened? He was in like fourth when I left. How was he in zeroth? Zeroth place. Literally did not finish. Very sad. And then double whammy. We've talked about my love of soccer on the pod before. My English Premier League team of choice is Manchester United. That's where my loyalties have lay for many, many years. Um, And today I was excited because I was like, oh, Manchester United versus Liverpool. Man U are, you know, were at the time ranked third overall for the league. I was like, it's going to be a good game. I wasn't too worried about it. And hubris, thy name, really is Lizzie Hobbs. Hannah, ask me what the end score of the Manchester United-Liverpool game was. What was the end score? Zero-something is my guess. Manchester United lost zero to seven. Seven? I don't know much about sports, but I know soccer scores are usually like 1-1 or 0-2. Yeah. I didn't know you were legally seven. allowed to score seven to goals score seven in a Premier League game. 
Wait, and you, so you said Manchester lost? You're a Manchester fan? Yes. We lost to uh, Liverpool. RP Manchester. And I had been talking a big game about Liverpool earlier. And you know what? The universe really bit my ass for that. Should have kept your mouth shut. I should have kept my mouth shut. So that was not... This has been a hard day in the world of sports. Particularly if you're a person or team supported by Lizzie Hobbs. Sorry, guys. That's they did poorly me. because of some, like, this is some karmic retribution for something you did. What did you do? I don't know. I don't think I've done anything particularly, like, nefarious in the last few weeks. Um, you tried to turn us into a sports podcast, so maybe this is the universe saying, <gasps> slow down. Mm, that's possibly true. They're like, there's this nothing. Was, to- this was me. The universe heard me going, not again. Uh, and it said, we'll slow her <laughs> down. Hannah's like, there will be nothing to talk about if her teams do poorly. <laughs> jokes on jokes on me because this is how our episode is starting. It is. Um but I just had to get that off my chest because I knew I would be thinking about it. Uh, if Well, I'm sorry that you had a hard day. Um that it didn't turn out the way that you wanted. It's alright. Because now I'm, I recuperated from that and watched four hours of youths running amok. Yeah, this show, I guess I should have, and I, I kind of did assume that these episodes would be like 45 minutes. These episodes are like 50 or 55 minutes. And when I got to the first episode and I was like 15 minutes in, I was like, I'm going to check and see how long. And I was like, oh God. Like I was kind of hoping I could watch them all on Friday. And I could not. No. No. Um, Alright, so I think we're probably gonna... So basically, here's here's the drill, kids. Mm-hmm. There are ten episodes in the first season of Outer Banks, a Netflix production. Mm-hmm. Hannah and I have watched the first five episodes of yes. Outer Banks, and this is the episode dedicated to those. Yeah. Next week's episode will be the following five episodes of Outer Banks. Yeah, our first two-parter. I'm excited. I'm very excited. It's We've never done a two-parter. Um, but um, that means, so even though this episode is only about the first five episodes, how many times can we say episode? We haven't watched the second half of this season yet. Even when this episode comes out, we probably still will not have finished it. No. So please don't spoil anything for us. And we're um, going to be giving after. you our predictions. Yeah, Since for I know we're the last ends. people on Earth to watch this. Yes. We're going to give you our predictions for the end of season one, at the end of this episode. Yeah. And then we'll... And maybe for... Our, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I have some ideas. I know Lizzie has, like... She has ideas. I have we ended... Some- we accidentally ended on a cliffhanger. We did. Which, I guess we should have thought about that. In the mid-season finale, I guess. In terms of, but the thing is, like, when Outer Banks came out, they released it all in one go. Yeah, so it's not like, you know, Don't Pretty Little Liars mid-season. or something like that. Like, there would be a mid-season finale where there was, like, you know, like a in December, And then you wait. Yeah, and then you wait, like, a month at, or, like, a few weeks. And then you get, like, the second half of the season. So we just happened to, just our luck, get left on something kind of sinister. Foolishness. 
foolishness. Um, before we hop into our summary, Hannah, do you have a beverage you know? Um, I don't, actually. R.I.P. I'm sorry. I was going to ask, did you, water. you feel the need to get one? <laughs> um, honestly, maybe. Okay. No, because I don't have to pee. No, no, no. I'll be fine. What are, you, what are you drinking? I know what you're drinking, but tell them. Well, I am no, drinking. it's not Midnight Sillies. No, it's not. But in honor of Outer Banks, I am drinking a beer. <laughs> I'm drinking a Coors Light, which is not my preferred beer to be but drinking. you know what? It's what John B. and JJ would want. Uh, it is not actually because let me tell you what. What I don't I've never I had hope, place, so I don't. I hope PBR, like either that was some very very subtle ad placement for PBR, or someone who works for Outer Banks just has the Paps Blue Ribbon hookup. They were downing that it was the only thing they drank in this. Is Mary, It's like fine. Okay, I don't know anything about beer. In terms of the relatively cheap beers, it's not the worst. Okay, and it's also a pretty like it's not. I don't want to say it's regional because it's sold everywhere, but like there are definitely people in parts of the country who are way more into PBR than other places. It's not like a Corona or whatever. You know that's popular everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's very... Someone should make a map of, like, popular cheap beer brands. I'm sure someone has. Okay. It won't be yeah. odd. Every city with a college. Natty Light. Ooh. That's all I know about beer. And any, and on oh. that note... On that note, um... Summary. So, it's your turn for our summary this week. Do we want to do 60 seconds, or do we think that's not quite enough time? How much do you want to give me? Do you want to give me 70 seconds? Do you want to give me what? I'll, I'll, I'll give you 60. And if you're wrapping up close to the end, I won't cut you off. But like, I'll let you know when it, when it's coming okay. up. Okay. Because I, I believe, I believe that you can do it. I mean, you know. Can I use it's, notes? It's only five episodes. Yeah, absolutely. You can use notes. Oh my God. I almost okay. give you, I almost give you 60 minutes. <laughs> well, that would be okay. this entire episode. So that's fine. Are you ready for me to count you down? Hold on. Let me take a swig. <laughs> Three, two, one. Pogues. So, <laughs> so, the show obviously takes place in the Outer Banks in North Carolina on, you know, the coastal part. Um, and there's this town that, or it's split up into kind of two halves. They talk about the Pogues, which are sort of the poorer, like, kids who are, you know, the locals, and then the kooks who are, like, the super rich preppy people who kind of summer there, and some of them live there all the time. Um, this is mostly following the Pogues, which are JJ and John B and Kira and Pope. Like, that's the four of them. They're a little gang. Um, John B's dad has gone missing. He's been missing at sea, so he's living by himself. No one has a great family life, essentially. They're all running amok, doing lots of illegal things. Um, and in this sort of hunt to figure out what's going on with John B.'s dad, they find there's been a hurricane 
like, on the island, and they are essentially just going out fishing one day and find a boat wreck that they think is tied to the shipwreck that, like, the super old shipwreck John B.'s dad was looking for when he got lost at sea. Because of this, they end up kind of in cahoots with some of the kooks, not really, and it's really only one of them, and her name is Sarah Cameron, who was, like, kind of friends with Kira for a second, but then wasn't. She's, like, one of the people who lives there all the time, despite the fact that she's super rich. Um, how am I doing on time? And... Um, it's been two minutes, but... No, it has not. Yes, it has. I know, I didn't realize until you said that. Keep okay, going. Just timer go off. I because I had myself muted because I was yawning. Oh. All right. Well, lots of crimes are occurring. Child Protective Services is desperately trying to get John B into their care because <laughs> yes, Lord, CPS has been called. Like it's the opposite of the meme where it's like someone yes. They're getting shot at. There are sharks. Everything is very warm. In the first three episodes of this season, take place during the school year. And I think we have to... No, they don't. They don't. They don't. Yes. Do they not? Because... Oh, how long has it been between season one? I mean, episode one and episode five. Because in episode five, it's July. I don't know. Because in the... Or I guess maybe it's just like the first one. Or something, but when they... Oh, he is in the school, you're right. When the sheriff or, like, CPS comes or something, they tell him, they're, like, uh, we they heard him like, school. failing out of school. He was like, I'm failing a class. Yeah, and he, like, meets them in the guidance counselor's office. Yes. Yeah. You're right. But then also in episode five, he, he meets his teacher in the school. Yeah. Well, but that is... The teacher is just there. Oh, he, the teacher because, to be there because if you look in the hallway, like as he's running out, there's like boxes, like the classrooms are being packed up, and uh, the okay. like custodian is there, like waxing the floors and stuff. Floors, so okay, yeah. Because yeah. in episode five, Sarah Cameron's dad says to her, he says something like, "Oh, are you working on a school project?" And she's like, "No, it's July, mm-hmm. and it's midsummer." Um, not starring. No. I thought it had been, like, four days. No. No, this is Oh, my God. I thought it had been, like, a couple of weeks or so. Oh, my God. Wait. Whiplash. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, basically, it's kind of... It's kind of a treasure hunt. It's not as much of a treasure hunt as I kind of had hoped. Me too. It's a little bit of a murder... It's a little bit of a murder mystery... Mostly, it's, like, giving the outsiders, which is kind of funny. I thought of that myself, yeah. and I was like, oh, my God, even the name is kind of a pun. Like, you could you could fit the outsiders, the outer banks in the outsiders with the parentheses. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's giving a lot of drama. It's giving Euphoria in, like, the worst way. Yeah, so I didn't watch Euphoria, and there is a reason Me neither. for it. Yeah. Um... I think there are parts of, I don't know, I think, I guess we're just leaping directly into our opinions on this. Yeah. Obviously, it's hard to say because we're not done with the whole season. Mm-hmm. I, but I have been texting 
the people that, some of the people that I work with who told me that I need to watch this. Um, I've been texting a couple of the girls. My I've been like live live tweeting it for them because they're so invested in my experience of this. Um, I'm very conflicted about whether or not I like the show or not. Yeah, me too. I agree. Because some parts of it, like, it really sucks you in. Like, mm-hmm. some parts of it, you're like, like you're invested. Because there's some compelling parts of the yeah, story. Yeah. And then something will but, happen that just, like, snaps you out of it, and you're like, eh. Yeah, there are a lot of parts of it that are making it very hard to watch, or, like, but, just making me be like, why didn't they just change, like, why did they make that choice? Yes, like, so I know Hannah. This isn't. It's not like this is even based on a book. It's yeah. not like this is based on something. And we're like, well, we had to stay true. This is giving my firmest opinion about this. Is it should have been about twenty-one-year-olds at least. You know, people in their twenties. And I think the same thing about Euphoria. I mean, I get it. Euphoria takes place in a high school, so it's going to be about high schoolers, but then it shouldn't be about glamorizing drugs and addiction and whatever. But anyway, this, like, so, this isn't even, this takes place in the summer. Right. There's no reason it had to be about high school-aged kids. In fact, they're not just high school-aged kids. In, like, episode three, we find out they're 15 and 16. Yeah. They're not even, like, seniors 17 and a half, 18 years old. And so much, like, they're, like, coming up with ways to, like, make John B. trying to be, like, an emancipated minor. Yeah. It's, like, skip that. Make him 22. Or, like I was telling Hannah, even if they wanted to, like, keep them... This is gonna sound so creepy. Even if they wanted the characters to be on the younger side of things, to somehow, like, up the suspense aspect of it, like... Mm -hmm. You could have said it, like, the summer after their senior year. Well, because here's the thing. And actually, this is going to segue me into something else. That Whatever. Good. Like, a, a big part of this is, as far as we know at this point, five episodes in, it is kind of a murder mystery slash missing persons mystery about uh, John B.'s dad, who has been missing for a little more than six months. And so, like, that that's how, like, the whole CPS thing is in, because, like, his dad has been missing and is assumed dead, and his uncle, who's, like, his legal guardian, is, like, MIA. But, like, think back to a movie that came out a year ago, Uncharted. That was, like, a missing persons case thing. But Tom Holland's character was fully an adult. Like, you could, could still have a thing about, like, oh, my family member is missing, yeah. and they're kind of my guardian, and I'm still a legal adult. And, and that Rudy Pinkel is also in that. Yeah, and, yeah, I was gonna say, he plays the the older brother. (laughs) I found that out when I was looking at his Instagram. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, and it's like, you could still, I mean, like, to me, I'm like, did we have to have, if, okay, if it has to be about kids who are 16, that's, that's the important part. Do they have to be drinking so much beer? Do we have to be having so much sex? Yeah. Which, to be fair, they're not yet, but, like, they kind of are. Well, you know, do we have to be having guns? Well, and here's the thing. Like, this is not to suggest that we are unaware of the fact that actual teenagers are doing all of these things. 
But yeah, you know, we're, in, we're not done. In the volume with which it is being done, in the frequency with which it yeah. just, it takes you out of it a little bit. Well, well, and here's the thing, and I I think the girls from Binge-topia said this when they were talking about Euphoria, and I think it really stands here as well. Because any show that is going to glamorize its actors and, you know, put them on a pedestal and make them, you know, be aspirational mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, should I don't think it's responsible to be showing these dangerous behaviors. Like, just like I know that teenagers drink and have sex. I know that teenagers do drugs and deal with addiction. But if you're going to cast someone like Madeline Klein or Zendaya or... Chase Stokes in a show like this, it'd be it'd be like, look how hot they are, look how pretty they are, look how what a great couple they are. Like to me, it just doesn't feel responsible at all. Yeah. Yeah. And there are ways to include those things in your storyline, especially if they are a part of your storyline mm-hmm. in a way that like look. I don't feel like they need to be, like, the kid takes, like, the after-school special of the kid takes a sip of beer at a party. Yeah. And blacks out and ends up in the hospital. I think that is perhaps a bridge too far. I think that's unnecessary, and I think that's a little bit fear-mongery. However, like I said, the first five episodes of this, you never see them drinking something that isn't beer or a Nalgene yeah. bottle full of, like... Full of vodka, vodka and, and light. Yeah. Which, let me tell you, is not delicious, refreshing, or a suitable beverage to be drinking in a Nalgene bottle size quantity. Yeah. While and you also, were doing manual so, labor on the and beach. There, and it's so much of it. It's not even like, oh, we were able to get four cans of Natty Light. It's like, we have two six-packs. Like, like you got them from the grocery store? What? I know you didn't get that from the Winn-Dixie. <laughs> yeah. I know that they would have carded you. Yeah. They have real grocery stores there. Like... Yeah. Well, that's the I other have- thing. Is, I don't... I don't know that... Well, one, I know. I looked it up. They did not film this in the Outer Banks. They filmed it in no, South Carolina. But I don't know that they've been to the Outer Banks. <laughs> nope. Um, wait a minute. Also, I love that they're, they're like... It's two tribes, one island. Do they know that the Outer Banks is multiple islands? Several islands? Yeah. Several. I mean, and I get, like, they made up a fictional island for this show. Like, Kildare Island is, is not right. real. It's kind of a play on words, I think, of, like, Kill Double Hills and, like, Dare County, probably. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to be too picky. I get it. It's, te- it's television. Right. But, yeah, like, they're, like, and I get, you know, that there is a big class divide. Um, but, like, they have, you know, yeah, they have real grocery stores there. My biggest thing, I don't want to say my biggest thing I bumped on, but, like, the first thing I bumped on was, I don't know how many of the people in the writer's room have actually lived somewhere where there are hurricanes. Yeah. (laughs) They haven't. They're from California, and they only know about earthquakes, which, like, scary. 
forest fires don't want to be near them. Nope. But, like, there were definitely, especially now that we think about the fact that it appears months have passed. Yeah, and there's still, like, the hurricane. The hurricane happens at the very beginning of the very first episode. And, like, don't get me wrong. Hurricanes are awful. And, like, the impacts of them do take months and months and months to clean up. And the long-lasting impacts take years, if not a decade. Yeah. For all but, like, of this it, wasn't giving help. Hurricane Katrina. This but, was like, giving, you know, this was giving Tropical Storm. Like, they didn't have to evacuate. But, like, a month and a half in, someone would have picked up the live wires already, is all I'm saying. Yeah, especially, like, in, in the nice gated in community part of the residential neighborhood. Yeah, and the, they're being like, oh, we need the generators, and, you know, and the Wi-Fi is still down. And now now that we're figuring out it's been a month, they, I'm confused. See, this is, this is why I thought it had been 24 hours. They send people to do that. They, people this is get why sent. I'm confused, because it doesn't take... Oh. Can we get a timeline? Yeah, Can that's what we are, need. Is anyone, if anyone listening to this is a diehard Outer Banks fan, BFF Jill, I know you are. BFF Jill, I also apologize that I have not told you yet that I'm watching this show. <laughs> this but is her. This will be a nice little surprise. It's her announcement. Hi, BFF Jill. Um, I would say, so this is not related that much. Well, I mean, it kind of is. So before I started the show, as I pulled up Netflix, the first thing that popped up on my Netflix was the trailer for this new docuseries called the Murdaugh murders or something about the Murdaugh murders. And I watched the trailer and the trailer is about murders, including one that happens on a boat. So immediately like 10 minutes into the first episode of Outer Banks, they're on a boat and I was and they're like drinking. And I literally wrote down, like I'm nervous about them drinking and boating since I just saw that trailer. And then all of a sudden there is a dead body in the, in the water. Yeah. And you're like, wait, um, yeah, we have at least two dead bodies, maybe three. It's kind of unclear to me at this point in the season. One of them, both of them are, like, unsure why. Like, one of them, they think it's someone who was drunk and then drowned in the hurricane. But then it's becoming clear that maybe they were shanked with a fishing hook. Maybe someone else was also, someone else was then a bad guy, was shanked with a fishing hook and then left for sharks. Um... Yeah. I I I wrote this. I wonder if you agree. I said I feel like this could have been a 2-hour movie instead of a 10-episode show. Like there's so much just bullshit. Just cut it out. Yeah. Obviously like I don't know what this will be in later, the long run or how it'll yeah. obviously they've made 3 seasons of it. True. And they can Which I didn't realize Jesus. until recently. You can make a lot of seasons out of a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, it's been done before. I mean, Jesus, how many... And this is no hate to the Grey's Anatomy's fans there. I went down that road once. But, Christ almighty. How many disasters can happen in one hospital before they just call it quits and say, Alright, I'm packing it up. No wonder Meredith well, Grey's also- moving to Boston. <laughs> well, I was gonna... That reminded me of something I was gonna say. Um... 
I don't know. I forgot it. Um, yeah, I mean, what like, I, again, we don't... Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was just gonna say, what did you like about the show so far? So far, I like the plot about finding the gold treasure. To me, yep. that is the most intriguing part. And, like, tang- the tangential part about finding out whether or not John B.'s dad is alive. Yeah. Um, to me, like, that is, like, when I watched the trailer and Lizzie and I decided, we yes, we would watch it, that's what it kind of seemed like it would yeah. be about. And that, like, really compelled me. Yeah. I do like their friendship, the Pokes. Yes! I think that they're a fun little group. Um, JJ to me is a little bit annoying at this mm-hmm. point. I know that people love him, like he's a lot of people's favorite, and I don't really see it yet. Um, but I I'm open to it. I'm open to becoming a JJ Stan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the chemistry between uh Sarah Cameron and John B is fun. Yeah, it's I cute. don't love the increasing tension between the Pogues and the Kooks. No, I don't care. I understand it's going to be a thing. I don't like the violence. Like, yeah. I understand that there's going to be tensions, and I understood that going in. But, like, each episode, like, it started episode one with a gun being pulled on someone and someone trying to drown another person. Yeah. And it's escalating. Like, like I'm worried someone's going to die. Yeah. If we're I getting don't. to our predictions. Like, I am kind of worried about that. I'm very worried about it. Um, I like... What else did I like? Um, I like that Topper is played by an actor from Disney Channel, so this is kind of deep dives into decoms. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't remember his name. Let me. I, uh, let me pull it up. Mm, that's uh, fun. Uh, what? The, what's the kid's name? Austin North. He was in a Disney show called Um, I Didn't Do It. Okay. He played, I don't know. He played kind of a dumb character, but well, I. He's found his niche then. Yeah. I. I don't know what else I really like. I like Sarah Cameron and her family to me are fun. Like her little sister. Yeah. And her, their relationship to me is very cute. Their dynamic is fun. I'm worried about her dad. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I don't like her brother. No. <gasps> is her brother Rafe? Is that yes. him? Okay, there's so many blonde boys. It's hard to I keep know. them straight. I what know. do you like about it, Lizzie? So, I completely agree with you that I do not care. I like the treasure hunting plot line. And I think if they gave me more of that, less of the teenager class warfare would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, because something that I have found about myself is that um, in media, I can only handle so much of like snotty rich teenagers. Yes. And I can really only take so much of snotty rich american teenagers Mm -hmm. like snotty rich british teenagers i can kind of handle because to me they don't feel real (laughs) they're made up but like when you're a snotty rich american teenager and you're referencing like a town i know about or a place i have been to i'm like what stop uh just makes me want to shake some sense into you. 
Um, however, I completely agree that I love the relationship between the four of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know pretty much anything about the writer's room of Outer Banks, but it is very clear to me that um, some, that at least one, if not a few members of their writer's room hangs out with, like, has in their family, like, teenage boys right now. Or, like, in the last seven to eight years. Because, mm-hmm. oh my god, I don't know if I've ever heard teenage boy dialogue more realistic than John B. and JJ bickering at each other. Yeah. It's hilarious and, like, very endearing. And truly, mm-hmm. it's, like, the only thing grounding me enough to the story that I'm like, okay. They have to have some redeeming quality. Because if they weren't, if they were, like, very boring and not funny and kind of just, like, pretending to be very cool, mm-hmm. I think I probably would have texted you after episode two and been like, I'm good, actually. We yeah. can pick I was else. worried you were going to text me that, to be honest. We can pick something else. Um, but that's, like, the vast majority of the notes I have taken are hilarious mm-hmm. things that they have said. And, like, truly, the very stupid humor of a teenage boy, like, genuinely hanging out with another teenage boy cannot be cannot be overstated. Because first episode, Rudy Pankow, who plays JJ, is, like, hungover on a couch and he's like, okay, man, like, you gotta get up the night after the hurricane. And he just goes, I have polio, I can't walk. Yes, that was funny. I have thought that line to myself probably six times in the last week since I started watching this. I have polio, I can't walk. That was very funny. It's so dumb. I like, so another thing, another uh, interaction that I liked or that I, I felt seen by was... Um, Pope is, his whole thing is, he's a scholarship student. He's, he's on scholarship, which I don't really understand because they go to public school. So I think like, I don't know. He's, but he's scholarship kid. He's got this, he keeps talking about his merit scholarship, merit scholarship. At one point, JJ's like, shut the fuck up about your merit scholarship. And I was like, yes, please do. Honestly, because as a scholarship student myself, like still, it's getting annoying. Yeah. Um, I loved... In particular, the friendship between JJ and Pope, they seem like two of the two that should that wouldn't be the closest. And yeah. then when JJ takes the fall for Pope. Oh. So good. I it was so good. Because they were they got caught by the police. Yeah, so basically, um Pope's dad like runs like a grocery business, I think, like getting stuff from the mainland, and so Pope is delivering some groceries to the country club. Rafe and Topper. Um, Topper kind of is Sarah Cameron's boyfriend. Boyfriend and Rafe is her brother, her older brother. And the two of them are friends. And they 
uh, mug Pope while he's there, while he's at the country club. They're yeah. like, oh, you're not allowed to be here. Even though he's clearly there, like, on an errand. Like, it's not, he's important, trying to call the, the pool. Important to mention that Pope is a young black man. Yeah, exactly. Which, honestly, I feel like, like, they were a little bit afraid to, the show could have gone, and I don't want to say they could have gone further, but, like. I'm wondering if they will, because it kind of feels yeah, like they're leading there. Yeah, because they're leading there, but they're not saying it. And I'm like, acknowledge it, please. They will write him lines where he is talking about, like, I need to be more careful than you guys. Like, I need to be more careful than you guys. And 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 they keep using the excuse of, I'm a scholarship student, but really it's, I'm a young black man. And, yeah. Um, But, so they, uh, Pope is assaulted and they like um they hit him with a with a golf club in the head like in the, in oh, the face it's awful it, it's a te- it's a terrible like kind of disturbing it's scene awful to watch and so when he when jj gets back and sees this he's like we need to get revenge and so he convinces pope to sink the, one of their boats like it's not like a big boat but kind of like a more of a jet ski looking thing i don't know what kind of i don't know anything about boats it's not like a sailboat it is not. It could, probably fit, it could probably fit three or four people on it. Um, but it's motorized. So that sinks. And when they when they are found out, um, and uh, Topper's mom like is like, yeah, press charges, the police arrest Pope and JJ uh, takes the blame. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a very uh, nice scene, especially because... And then we find out um, JJ's dad is abusive, which they had kind of mentioned before. Like, he had used it to get out of something. By that point, it was kind of like, oh, like, is he just saying that as an excuse or is it real? But, like, people believed him. And then we find out, like, no, his dad is really abusive. Um, Yeah. And he he almost, yeah, his dad is terrible. And um, another thing we haven't mentioned is that in episode one, when they're doing their sneaky thing, I don't know, trying to find out clues about the mystery. It's all very, some of it's kind of confusing. They break into a motel room of the guy who died. Oh, so when they're out fishing, they find his dead body. They find his sunken boat. No, they don't find the body. They They find the sunken boat. Yeah. And they find in the boat, they find a motel key. So they go into the motel. And in the safe, they find tons of money, like stacks and stacks of cash and a gun. And JJ takes the gun. And so this whole season so far, he's been kind of wheeling the gun as he needs. He's been bringing it places and, you know. It's like a it literal child like, gun. No one has died yeah, yet. But the gun no exists. So someone yeah, but he has, he has shot it in the air. He pointed it at people when Topper or someone was trying to drown, drown John B. Yeah. And he, he in the, kind of the middle of episode five, he almost shoots his dad. Because his, After dad his dad has beats beat the him. ever-loving shit, shit out, of him. out of him in the truck after picking him up from the police yeah. station where he's being held. Because yeah. and then screams at him while he's drunk at their it house. It is horrifying. Yeah, it is horrifying. And so JJ packs up his stuff and gets ready to leave, and has this moment where he's standing over his dad who's passed out on the couch and almost shoots him, and. And they in a moment it. of complete honesty, I was really crossing my fingers there. I was like, just do it. 
Just do it. Yeah, I literally, I was like, you're already in trouble. Dead. Just do it. Yeah. Um. And if, if ever there was a time to do it, it was then when he was beaten up and bloodied, and could have been like, yeah, my dad beats me. Well, it could have been like it was self defense. Because clearly people know that his dad beats him because to get out of trouble at one point, to get out of trouble for trespassing at the the junkyard or something where his dad used to work, his dad got fired for coming in drunk. He, to get out of trouble for being there, he's like, I'm sorry, I came back to get something on my dad's. So, you know, he said if I didn't come do it, he would he would hit me again. And they're like, yeah. okay, well, then go. We're, we're not going to yell at you. So clearly people know. It's not a secret. Yeah. Um, and... So that's another thing, kind of getting to our predictions. I'm worried something's going to go down with that situation. It's not going to get ignored. I'm worried. I'm really worried someone's going to die, especially if we're make if the connections to the outsiders is not accidental. Mm-hmm. A kid's going to die, right? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be any of the main four. No, not I'm wondering season. like. No. I don't know. Who, yeah, I don't know who it would be. Especially because, spoiler, I have seen some photos from, like, yeah. on the Instagram of, like, season three. So, like, I know that, like, the, like, I, like, well, I mean, like, I've seen photos of, like, the cast posing together. So, like, I know which actors are in it. I don't know which actors aren't in it. But I'm also wondering, on a lighter note, like, I'm feeling Sarah Cameron is going to, like, become friends with the Pokes. Like, she already is, like, as they say, macking on John B. Like, she's gonna, like, start hanging out with them. Yeah. I wonder if any of the other kooks, like, if any of the rest of them will become friends. I don't know. I think Topper, at this point, is kind of irredeemable. See, I think Rafe is irredeemable. Well, I'm- that's what I'm wondering about. Yeah. Like, he is- selling coke yeah to all the kids he's selling coke he um is giving topper alcohol to drink while he's driving yeah like to me he's the instigator he's the one that's like right like egging him on he's like yeah you almost killed him wasn't it great yeah so i'm wondering he's the one yeah i don't know i don't know it's gotta be one of them though one of them's gotta go yeah, somehow. Here's the thing. Neither of them are going to end up arrested. So yeah, exactly. So one of them's They're probably going to die. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm really nervous. Um, so, I don't know. So, there is an interesting thing, like, so, the four of them, the three boys in Kira, who, mm-hmm. they've kind of talked about Kira's is it Kira or Kira? I don't know. They call her like Key. Okay, so so her, I don't know like what her her dad is. owns a restaurant. So like she's like from a wealthy family, and yeah. but she hangs out with like those three boys and like on that side of the island, um, and she's like super like lefty hippie granola like. At every moment, at every possible moment, the Netflix writers have said, can we give her something that sounds like an uber-liberal teenage girl would say it to say right now? 
I'm like, okay. Yeah. Hang out with a real honest to God teenage girl for 15 seconds, please. At one point she said yeet. She did say that. Um, and I, and I said, all right, but kind of like, I like that they haven't made this super a subplot, but like just enough that like it gets brought up a few times, mostly by JJ. And we'll get to that in my predictions. So that like, she is like kind of super flirty with John B, but not really. But it's like an un an unsaid, but also very much explicitly said rule that like none of them are allowed to be romantically involved with each other. Mm-hmm. No, what do they say? No, no pogue on pogue macking. No pogue on pogue macking. And then, in like a moment of incredible stress and him losing his absolute mind, John B kisses her. And she's yeah. like, literally, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Now is not. But the then. Time. But then they're having this moment when they're surfing later. Yeah. He's like, oh, uh, yeah. And then you just like shot me down. Totally she's totally like, um, I didn't yeah. shoot you down. You were having an episode. <laughs> yeah. It was not the time. And then later when she finds out in episode five, when she finds out that Sarah Cameron and John, like, went to Chapel Hill together and then, like, come back and, like... Which we did not like, oh, yeah, like, but that's fine. No. Um, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. JJ's like, oh, yeah, he's been macking on Sarah Cameron. He starts acting very upset, and it's unclear whether she's jealous. Like, because they have told us at the beginning, she and Sarah Cameron used to be besties, and then they had some sort of big falling out that she won't explain yet. So it's like, is she mad because it's Sarah Cameron, and it's like, you betrayed me, that's my nemesis? Or is she like, you were macking on Sarah Cameron, you're supposed to be macking on me. Right. Right. She, yeah, she gets very, like, she, and she's very hung up on that. She's very um, hung up on that. And, and speaking of being hung up on something, mm-hmm. JJ, up until John B. kissing Kira, is super hung up on John B., why haven't you, why aren't you shooting your shot? She's so clearly into you. Like, you just need to shoot your shot. You've got to do it. Like, none of the rest of us can. You've got to shoot your shot. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I'm not into her, but... (laughs) Blatant lie. Oh, she's so into her. Clearly so in love with her. And they, in my brain, they better be endgame. They better be... Really? I think so. See, to me, they're both a little bit annoying. But at this point... Here's the thing. I think... So I don't, I'm, like, not wishing the best. No, I'm kidding. But... I think this is gonna be what sells you on him. Can I... Because I can see... I can see where I think they're gonna bring the story. And I Okay, think, tell, me, tell me. I'm open. I'm op- I'm I lawyers. think he's gonna end up... Because we already saw him go from, like super super reckless like yeah let's do this treasure hunt like we're gonna steal all this shit and i'm gonna take this gun out of the thing and then like by the third episode when it's all kind of gone to shit and they've already gotten in a little bit of trouble like he's the one who tells john b he's like you need to stop like you are fixated on this this is yeah going too far which i did not expect us to get that sort of character arc 
in just a few yeah, episodes. Yeah, and that quickly. Yeah. And that quickly. But now that we know it was over the course of six Months. weeks or whatever. So I'm wondering if we're going to see, in addition to his sort of, like, reckless kind of, like, dirtbag persona that they're giving him, if maybe towards the end of the season, maybe going forward, he's going to kind of take on, like, a little bit of, like, a protector role, because he kind of jokes about that already. And he was like, well, I am obviously the only one capable of protecting us. I have the gun. They're like, you do not know how to use that. He was like, I have watched YouTube. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering... I am 16. If we're gonna see him sort of... And, like, we've already seen it with him, like, taking the fall for Pope. And, like, he goes absolutely ballistic when Topper is attacking John B and, like, trying to drown him at the party. Mm-hmm. So I am wondering if all of this is leading to him... Because the thing is, he's never going to be, like, the leader of the group. Because it's John B's dad that's missing. And, like, his family is the tie to the treasure. But I'm wondering if he's going to end up taking sort of, like, the protector, like, taking the fall for people role. Which does concern me for his safety in the long run. But maybe that is still my remnants thinking about him in Uncharted. (laughs) Yeah. He's the exact same character. Um, I was also, what was I going to say about that? I don't remember. Yeah, I can see myself liking JJ. I'm interested to see, especially because like episode five in particular endeared me to him a lot more. So I'm yeah. interested to see how the rest of it goes. I'm also interested because we did kind of skip this so we can go back to it. Basically, Sarah Cameron, she and John B end up kind of like, seeing eye to eye and uh she helps him when he's like in danger and they find out that one of the clues for the treasure he's looking for is in the archives at i think it's at unc chapel hill at the university um and she's like oh well my dad like donated that so like i can get us in so they have an adventure going to chapel hill logistically it's weird because they take a ferry but like chapel hill is like in the middle of the state, but whatever. Um, they also don't take a ferry. They stow away on a on a barge. Boat. Yeah, they tried to take a ferry and it sold out. Um, anyway, they go to Chapel Hill. Like, while they're there overnight, they kind of, you know, have a fun adventure. They bond. There's, like, some tension. She, at this point, is already thinking about breaking up with Topper. Yeah. She hasn't done it yet. After this adventure, she's like, that's it, I'm gonna break up with Topper, but her dad's like, not until tomorrow. You have to save face at the country club tonight. He's like, how about we just pretend for the rest of the evening, and then we have fun, and then... You yeah, break tomorrow up you can break up with tomorrow. your boyfriend. Um, and then Topper is drunk and belligerent. Is yelling at her. So, like, already she's made up her mind now, at this point, at Midsummer's that she's going to break up with him. Midsummer's then, a party. Yeah, it's this big old party in the middle of the summer. Um, and he breaks into her house, first of all. But, like, her sister, like, he ends up finding her sister instead. And her sister, I don't know if she tells her or not. We love Wheezy. She's my favorite. 
I'm so But nervous. somehow he finds out where Sarah, Cameron, and John B. and the rest of them are. He is drunk. He's, like, Rafe has kind of amped him up. He accosts them and pushes John B. off, like, a, a, a high-up thing. A bridge. They call it, like, a look. I don't know. It's, like, kind of a lookout. Yeah, like an observation deck. Yeah, like an observation deck. It's probably two or three stories high. And so John B. falls, like, through and down. And he ends up in the hospital and kind of the last thing that we get in episode five is uh, Sarah Cameron and her dad are, are there. And her dad's like, Sarah told me everything. Like, I'm sorry that I fired you. Cause John used to work for him, like cleaning his boat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry that I fired you. You were honest to me. And I, I wasn't understanding, um, you know, Sarah explains to me that you're having all these trouble with, you know, your custody battle. I'd be willing to be your legal guardian so like you don't have to go into the foster system. But before this, we saw that her dad in secret had John B's dad's missing compass. Yes. And also so I'm like That's this is feeling twisted. I just found out that John B, that the treasure that they thought mm-hmm. was in this is on her land, is on her land, land at the plantation. They live on a former plantation. Former, yeah. Okay, which I mean, Netflix really twisted themselves in knots, trying to make it okay that her family. That They're like, it was a plantation owned by a freed, a freed black man who also bought out other slaves and yeah. made them free, and it's like. Okay. He's the only one who survived the shipwreck, and he used yeah. the gold from the shipwreck to free himself, and then free all of these other slaves, and buy yeah. this. So. Um, so, at, like, if we hadn't I'm gotten the scene that. earlier of her dad, like, with the secret compartment behind the bookshelf, and, and the missing compass, it would be nice. Yeah. Also, I'm like, if he's technically legally your brother, kind of, you two can't date. Well, yeah. I mean, they're going to. I know. I know they're going to. It's giving but... very much that Cassandra Clare City of Bones series. I haven't read it, but I believe you. Well, we were always. It was very confusing because we were like, "Oh, they're such a cute couple," and they were like, "Are we siblings?" <laughs> oh God, no, we're siblings gross and then they were like but we have this pull to each other and then as soon as they're like as soon as they're like they're not siblings they are just making out all over the place yikes and like um did you ever read we we talked about this more than a year ago i think on our dad napped episode did you watch did you read maximum ride i read like the first it's giving that max and the one one of the boys like they're like they're not related. None of the kids are related at all, but, like, they are a family. So, like, when the two of them start, like, kind like of dating. Like the Umbrella Academy. All the other, yeah, all the other kids, like, ostracize him. <laughs> and he, like, gets kicked out. Well. Anyway. It do be like that. Um, but, yeah, so I'm I'm worried that... At first, like, I didn't really like her dad just because he was, like, a rich man who lives on a plantation. And now I'm, like, what's what evil are you up to? Well, right, and because the compass gets lost, or because how does he get the compass? 
Yeah, that's the thing is that I was confused. And uh, to be fair, I didn't. I was kind of didn't really pay attention in like some of episode two. Because did three. John B give the compass to the sheriff? That's what I thought. I thought he did. Because John B finds the compass and is like, "This is my dad's." I think he finds it in the shipwreck. And then I think he does give it to the police when they're like, "This is evidence. We need to hang on to it." So how did her dad get it? Unless he's like buying out the cops. Because to be fair, the cops are also super problematic. The cops are stealing money from crime scenes also. When clearly John B. doesn't have a guardian, Mm -hmm. they're like, we're going to look the other way. Is literally the word she says. She's like, I'll look the other way as long as you stay out of the marsh. Yeah. It's like, you're going to look the other way. What do you mean you're going to look the other way? He's living alone in a shack. He's 16. He's 16 and he lives in a shack. Yeah. And and people are hunting him. And you're going to look the other way? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe the cops gave it to him. I don't know. I don't know. So, this actually... Thank you for bringing up John B. living in a shack. Because this does bring me to a rather important... Um, really my biggest takeaway from this first five episodes. And it's about the friendship dynamic between Key and these three boys. Yeah. Someone please save her. Yeah. Someone please give her a positive female friendship. Because I I was gonna say... Hannah, have you ever had been part of a like friend group where it was like you were the only girl no never well i don't think it sure is an experience i wouldn't want that for myself it, i don't want that for here's you here's the thing there are absolutely pros of course there are also absolutely cons oh my gosh I just, like, I understand the whole thing about how she, she's like, I don't like the kooks, I'm an environmentalist, I like astrology. At one point, she goes, Virgos are so organized, and I loved her for that. And she was right. But surely, there are girl kooks, I mean, there are girl pogues that she could be friends with. Here is the thing. My, the basis of my entire hypothesis that her and John B. will never work is that she has to mother him. Yeah. She is, like, caring for him in ways that, like, in a much, with much lesser frequency, could kind of be, like, flirtatious. But, like, the emotional labor she goes through just trying to keep this kid standing upright and like alive every time they go out on the boat together she's the one who brings the snacks they would all be starving to death if it weren't for her and like does her dad Mm -hmm. own a restaurant yes but also if they can buy beer from the winn dixie they can buy a friggin cheese stick of their own accord yeah they can buy a Nature Valley granola bar. Justice for her. Please. I That is, I don't know if it will happen. My greatest hope is that her and Sarah Cameron, like, reconcile their differences. 
and have some yeah and they become friends again um i would like to say and they talk shit about the boys that's what i want from i maybe season two expect to like sarah cameron as a character based off of the first few episodes however yeah me neither her like day with john b in chapel hill very funny i would also like to say the fact that so they like get off this boat and they're disgusting she's like we need to change because they're not gonna let us into the college archives looking like we just crawled out of a sewer um which like to be fair is true and then like essentially brings them to like a brooks brothers or something to like try on clothes that is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, and they were pretty, they were pretty woman makeover. That was unnecessary. Her and hands. he was like, he was like, have you seen this shirt? It's $190. And she just goes, yeah, I'll show your mom and you. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. So dumb. So It was very dumb. It was very, yeah, it was very cute. I actually liked her, like, right at the beginning. It's like, yeah, she's like the stuck up rich girl. But- one of the first times we meet her is actually a very funny moment right after the hurricane her dad is like trying to get her attention for something serious and she's jumping around trying to snatch birds out of the air because they're trying to eat the rats and she's like the rats this is genocide yeah yeah like this is a genocide rats lives matter like yeah and I, i i liked her then as well it was goofy um so I would like to point out, I feel like this is perhaps an elephant we have not been addressing. Lots of elephants today. Um, <clears throat> my very first note of this very long list of notes that I made very first episode mm-hmm. was, well, now I know why you people like this show. Because the abs? Because both Chase Stokes, who plays John B., and JJ mm-hmm. and the actor who plays Pope, very handsome. Mm-hmm. Very, very handsome. And they're always shirtless because they're at the beach. They're always so shirtless because they're at the beach. Everyone's always in a bathing suit or everyone's always shirtless. And I understand that. And I did double check. They're all of an age that we can say that they're very attractive. Chase Stokes is 30. I did not know that. Yeah. That's bananas to me. Me neither. Uh, Rudy, Rudy Panko? Pankow? I don't know. I think he's very cute. But I thought he was cute in Uncharted when he was in Uncharted for four minutes. Yeah, I think he's very cute. I think they keep ruining it by giving him cuts and bruises all over his face. I didn't feel the same way, but that's all right. Um, however, there is a scene where he, like, steer- steals a waiter costume to sneak into Sarah Cameron's, like, midsummer party, and he's dancing oh, yeah. with her, like, in his little vest. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. That that was a funny scene as well, until he got almost yes. murked in the, in the, in the yes. locker room. But and, the, and the 50-year-old men in the locker room didn't care. They just said, well, let these 16-year-old boys kill that boy. This is my... Perhaps last real note on this. And it's a word of caution to... To who? To the demographic of people who are just romanticizing this fake lifestyle to the extreme. Mm -hmm. 
I noted. Everyone is in love with this and romanticizing the situation. And I think everyone is failing to consider how badly this entire situation would smell. True. Especially immediately post-hurricane. It is so hot. No one has running water. Where's the deodorant? We haven't seen deodorant once. Everyone is dirty all the time in this. And additionally, as someone who currently lives on a marsh, I love the marsh smell. But at the peak of the summer, the marsh smell is heavy. Mm -hmm. And you add to that the spilled gas smell and the weird, like, Bernie electrical smell from post-hurricane? I think not. And on top of it, everyone's running everywhere all the time. You're all sweating. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Actually, I lied. I have a one last note. There are two bad guys chasing them. Throughout, like, essentially this first five episodes. And they, like, show up pretty much everywhere they are. They're shooting at these children indiscriminately because they are also after the gold. They show up. They've been, you know, hit with this same fishing hook, presumably, and then tossed overboard of this boat and essentially left to be attacked and eaten by sharks and killed. And now Netflix Mm -hmm. did do something which I appreciate, which they explained that they had been attacked ahead of time, so they were bleeding, and they were presumably dead before they got put in the water. But you know what? Stop trying to give sharks a bad name, okay? I think we talked about this last time. You're in the shark's house. Mm -hmm. I don't feel bad for you if you get bitten by a shark. I feel a little bad but not bad enough to feel like I need to hunt the shark down. You're in the shark's house. You went into my house without my permission. I would probably bite your leg too. That's all I have to say. We've been doing this for 75 minutes. Great. Great observation. Yeah. So, with that being said, we're going to watch the next five episodes, the final five episodes of season one of Outer Banks, and then we'll meet you again, same time, same place, next week. Yes. And and then recap and talk about whether our predictions came true, what happens in the second half of the season, uh, if we liked it, and whether or not we'll be tuning in for season two and yeah. season three. And what we're also going to do, um, after you've listened to this episode, if you are a Outer Banks Stan. We are going to put the link to leave us a voicemail in the description of this episode. And I would like to hear your responses to our thoughts, whether or not you agree with us. Don't let us know if our predictions are correct. And also tell us what is it about this show that you like so much. Yeah. And... If we get if we get some good responses, I would like to include those in our in our next episode. Yeah, that would be fun. 
because we haven't we haven't done messages from friends of the pod. So, um, with that, just a reminder that our book of the month that we are reading this month, me and Hannah, is Twilight. We're reading the first Twilight book um, because it is a big yeah, we book. Are. Um, so your options for this month are you can either read Twilight along with us, and we'll have that up for the last Thursday of the month, or if you would like to, you can read a band book of your choosing and leave us a voicemail to tell us why you've picked that band book. Um, yeah. Uh, frenemy of the pod, Justin, texted me yesterday that he was with one of his friends, Allie, from high school. Um, who is a bona fide capital F fan of the pod. And then Hi Ellie. Hi, Shout out Ellie. Um, and then Justin passed his phone over to her and I had a nice little conversation with her. She's a Twilight expert. <gasps> Self-proclaimed. Well, we might have to interview her. And so I told her I was like, we'll be in touch. Don't you worry. Yeah. So exciting. I'm more of a Twilight expert than I should be for someone who's never read the books and has only seen three of the movies, but. The lore is about. True, exactly. All right. Wow, it is so anyway. All right. Hannah, mm-hmm. would you like to take us away? Take it away. I don't know. What's something that they said in this show besides no Pogue on Pogue macking? I wanted to, like, have a little outro catchphrase. Um, oh, hold on. They say, what effing law? They also say, they say that? stop barking at the snake. Oh, I liked that, stop yeah. Because he's like trying to, he's trying to like scare the snake out of the tree and he's, JJ's really barking at it. I just remembered something. I'm so sorry. The only bad thing it. that I really have to say about Key, the character, mm-hmm. at one point they're talking about this shipwreck of this, I don't even remember what the name of this friggin' boat is. And she goes, it's like the most famous shipwreck of all time. Mary, the Titanic. Have you heard of that Titanic? Hello? Anyway. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Hannah, I have polio and I can't walk. So please take us away. I'll take it away. I'll stop barking at the snake. (laughs) This has been the Slumber Party Pod. This episode was edited by Lizzie and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This episode has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week. As Coach Bolton in High School Musical, going, those two doing in a tree. It is the same, the same vibe. Okay.